Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Magically Cruising, the cruise podcast where we share our personal cruise tips and reviews to help you make the most out of your next sailing. My name's Kieran. I'm an independent travel agent specializing in all things cruise, Disney, and North America, and I'm joined by my fellow co-host. Hi, I'm Sarah, and I write about cruise and travel over at Cruising for All and Mini Travelers. And today, what we thought we'd do, and this is kind of off the back of uh, my recent cruise around the Greek Isles, I thought it'd be really good to kind of share with you um, what that experience was like. But also, Sarah, I know you briefly went to Santorini as well as part of your Odyssey of the Sea (laughs) sailing as well. So we just thought it'd be a good um, idea to chat about what that experience was like, because me and Sarah had two very different experiences. But I think it ties into just some of the things you need to be aware of if you do take a cruise that does happen to visit Santorini, because... It is a tricky port, isn't it, Sarah? I think from your experience, it is a tricky port to navigate. It's not like most ports where you can just kind of turn up, get off and wander out. There's things you have to consider when you do explore Santorini. Definitely. Yeah, we had a really bad experience. Um, put me off going back ever. But if I, if I, if really? it was on an itinerary, I'd, I'd maybe book a, a trip with the cruise line. I think to, for me, that would be the only yeah. way I'd do it again. This, the way I stand on this, right, of I agree with you, it was a hassle, and I got really irritated. So we did the same itinerary back-to-back, so I was able to go two different weeks in a row. And the first week, I the whole concept of getting up to Fira, the, the, the main port that most of the cruise ships visit to, irritated me no end, and I didn't want to do it again, and I got really angry. And coming back down to, the, to join the tender port as well really irritated me, and I was just like, this isn't worth the hassle. Going back, though, pre-planned and pre-pid, where I was, I, my expectations were managed, I knew what I was getting into the second week, I totally changed my opinion. I absolutely had a lovely time because I think I was ready for this is going to be a nightmare. I need to prepare my expectations. So I, I think that's why it'd be a good one to kind of share with listeners about just exactly how it all works. So I think the first thing to point out is you do have to tender to get to Santorini. Yeah. The ships do have to kind of dock off the port and then go into a little tiny, and it is quite literally tiny, isn't it? Um, port at the very bottom of the mountain because Santorini yeah. is pretty much built on a giant um, volcano ultimately or a dormant volcano so you kind of stop off at the little port side area where all the little tender boats go to and there is some shopping there I don't know did you spend much time exploring kind of the port itself and did you see anything around that area no because we tendered and as we come across on the tender I mean we got quite a late tender and it was it was pandemonium I mean I'm talking there were people fainting and you couldn't walk it was horrendous. Really, you couldn't you couldn't take a step. Um, and my oldest son is diabetic, type one, and it just with the heat and everything, he had a hypo. Now he's he doesn't have a lot of hypos, so we we, we had to go to a shop to get him a snack. And you know, you just think this is hell on earth. People, there was a lady yeah. that had been queuing forty five minutes for the cable car, and um, as she fainted, and that you can just it was like it was like Armageddon it was like everybody was fraught everybody was really stressed so you know you think this is not enjoyable so we just got straight back on the on the tender and went got back on the ship um I think you could have got a boat trip and but I think when when you get to the stage where your brain space is like I don't want to be here so we we could have gone and spoke to somebody and that's something because you can get a boat can't you around the other side of the island and Yep. up that way so we could have done that or um if you go on, yeah, off yeah. on the cruise trip they take you there by coach um there's no yeah. way in a million years i'd have walked up the donkeys i'd have ended up falling out with somebody because to see somebody clearly yeah. too heavy for an animal being carried up in that heat i think i'd have knocked yeah. them off 
kind of pushed them off. Yeah, it. I just couldn't. I couldn't watch that and think that was acceptable. So I knew that wasn't an option. So, because you mentioned about the donkeys when we did our, when you talked about your Odyssey review, sorry, because you mentioned about it, and I didn't really have an expectation or understanding of just how severe this cliff edge is. It is a very steep cliff, isn't it, that you have to traverse to get to the top of kind of fear as to where all the main shops are. And I checked how many steps it was, and I'll get to my story about what we did about the step situation, but there's 660 steps ultimately to get from the bottom of Fira Port up to the actual town of Fira. And we did so long short spoiler alert but we walked down the step just because we were facing ultimately an hour wait to get back onto the cable car to get down to the port and my mother was just like we were hot it was really warm and she was hot and bothered and the streets are really small and narrow people were obviously pushing past to get to the different shops everything so she just went I'm just, I'll, I'll walk down <laughs> a decision that haunted me for five days on our cruise because my knees were in agony <laughs> from walking down the steps but right. As you say, the steps are really precarious. And we were sailing with Virgin, and Virgin was sending out like um, text announcements in the app saying, please be very careful. Ideally, do not use the steps because they are very unstable. They've had incidents of people falling over and hurting themselves. I know somebody snapped their ankle on them this summer just because they're obviously very oh. old steps and they're very smooth. They can be quite steep in sections, they're a bit weather worn type of thing. So, you know, it, it is really precarious. But then, as you mentioned, there's the donkeys as well. So all the donkeys are kind of staggered up on the stairs. So whether or not they're carrying people, which, again, you have to traverse past them, but they're also, like, doing their droppings everywhere as well. So the stairs are literally covered in donkey droppings. You're navigating past donkeys. There's missing steps and everything. It is just the most precarious thing on the there's planet. No so I, was, I wasn't happy about coming down the steps at all. Some people were bragging about it. They were like, "Aha! Uh-huh, I'd done the steps up and down and it took me 20 minutes. And it was a, like a rite of passage of I'd done the steps of Fira. But personally, I would recommend every single person either goes back on the ship and doesn't do Santorini or just waits in line to do the cable cars because it is so much safer. And I don't think it's worth the risk at all to kind of risk walking up Can and down the stairs. No, literally, there's no way at all to get... The only options you've got, basically, when you get to the port of Fira... You can walk up the steps, take a donkey. Um, you can get the cable car up. Now, with our cruise line, Virgin, they included the cable car. So we collected a voucher to get the free cable car journey. From my memory, it was about $8 if you didn't have that that um, voucher. The donkeys, not that I recommend them. For the record, I think it's cruel and they shouldn't be a thing. But the donkeys were €10 Euros each way, €10 Euros up, €10 Euros down. Then the other option then was to take a water taxi, but the water taxi takes you to another part of the island. It, can't, it doesn't take you up to Fira. Um, so what we did for week one anyway was the cable car line. So week one when we went, the line was really short. There was there was us. Um, uh, I can't remember who else. There were two other ships in basically though. One six-star line, so obviously around about 600 people on board that ship, and then another ship smaller than us. So in total, there must have been about 4,000 people in port that day. So the line to go up was about 30 minutes and we were on the first tender off the ship bike basically. So we were really early, got up there, done it and it wasn't too bad. It took us maybe 20 minutes to get up. So I was like, that's fine. I can live with that. It was really cool. Cable car journey is a lot of fun. It was coming back was the problem. We hit kind of rush hour coming back ultimately and it was awful. So like I said, my mum decided to do um, the stairs down. Week two, however, it was 
hell on earth. I've done it real. I think on my stories, and I'll share it to TikTok at some point. But literally, the line was over an hour. People, because we were in all the Facebook groups as well, and obviously people were updating the Facebook group of what's what's the cable car line like at the moment, and we were getting half hourly updates of just how long it was to get up and down. And on average, it was about seventy to ninety minutes both up and down each way. So what we did for week two was we took the cable car from Fira across to, and I can't remember the name of the port, but it's the port that leads up to Oya, which is the other side of the island. Because I said to Phil, I cannot do this again. I'm not going up and dealing with this line again. That we paid for a water taxi, which was 30 euros each. But that water taxi then takes you across the island. It's about a 30-minute journey to go to the other side of the island, where then it's a lot quieter. So then part of the water taxi experience, which you can book at the port where the ship's tender, it includes then as well the coach journey. So you walk a little bit up the mountain. You don't have to do the cable car. You can walk. It's 300 meters, they say, to a parking lot. The parking lot takes you to where Oya is, and then you can spend a couple of hours in Oya. And then the coach, then you meet back where that coach drops you off, and then the coach will take you from Oya back to Fira, which is where you can then get the cable car back down then to join your tender back down to the ship as well. So week two, we did that. And personally, I think it was worth every single penny to do that because it took us away from the manic chaos that is trying to get up and down Fira dealing with the cable cars. We still had to wait 45 minutes for the cable car to come back down, but I was happier doing that than walking down those steps. Yeah, it's just, and this this is the thing. I mean, obviously we're pro cruise, but if there's ever a place I think that ships are too big for, I think it's Santorini. Yeah, definitely. The island probably needs the tourism. I don't know. I mean, put me wrong if I'm, uh, you know, right if I'm wrong. No. But the island yeah. may need the tourism, so you shouldn't stop it. But then I think there's got to be a more responsible way of dealing with this. Like you can only get off if you do so. tours and make the tours more affordable. To because that the pressure that must put on the island. I mean, all right, you got the mo- the monkey monkey man, donkey man's rolling in money. <laughs> Those poor donkeys. <laughs> yeah. Unless, I mean, yeah. I don't know. But then I had a bad experience, so I've got a really negative view of it. But then, uh, obviously, lots of people say it's their favourite pra- place and it's stunning. Um, so what, when, he, when you're at the top, what was it like? Was it packed or was it all right? So this is the thing I will say, and I did, I've said this, I think, on Twitter, that, that week two. Week one, I wasn't as impressed. But week two, definitely, I fell in love. And I was like, I get the hype now. I totally get the hype around why Santorini is so popular and why it is always a highlight on cruise itineraries because... Take away the hassle of getting up and down the mountain. Santorini and Oya, Fira, those two kind of towns that you can visit easily by cruise anyway, are absolutely beautiful. They're so incredible. And that view from the top, when you're kind of sat on the top, you find a really lovely cafe or a bar to sit in and just drink in that amazing, gorgeous, you know, cliff-facing views, overlooking the whole of the island, looking back. Bliss. There is nothing like it, and it is worth the hype. There's just no denying that it's bookended by this really unpleasant experience of getting up and down the top of the mountain. But yeah, so they're both quite similar, to be honest. I feel like my very limited time there, I feel like Oya, the one that's a little bit more time-consuming to get to, is a little bit more affluent, a little bit more at market. You've got a lot more boutique places. You've got like smaller cafes and things like that. So it feels a little bit more kind of boutique Squares. When you go to kind of Fira, the main one where all the cruise lines drop off to, um, that felt a little bit more tourist heavy. So you get a lot of the kind of like, you know, um, tacky tourist memorabilia that we all love, but that's more the type of places you find there. But again, it's all very small, cobbled streets. It's equally, again, you can get those gorgeous cliff top bars and everything overlooking that amazing view type of thing. So absolutely, the view is totally worth the effort to get up there if you can happily be, you have to pack your patience. It's definitely one of those yeah. ports where you have to be 
prepared and ready for it's going to be a journey to get up and down however you choose to do it you have to be ready for that but in my opinion it is worth it. obviously you had a medical reason why you had to head back to the ship that's different yeah but yeah i wish i knew going how difficult it would be to get to the top and the bottom because i wasn't prepared for it and it did set my the first week at least anyway mm. soured my experience because i was like it's just not worth it then when i knew what i was getting into i was prepared for it and i had a plan in place and i was like okay now i know what i'm getting into is totally worth it yeah see because obviously the to, the next day we stopped at Mykonos and that just blew my mind. I thought it was stunning. So if it, if that yeah. if that's the experience when you get to the top, then and there was so much to do, all the churches and all the different historical stuff you could do in Mykonos, and I, I fell in love with that. I thought that was stunning. So what is it actually to do in Santorini when you get up there? What is there to do? So we we are and we've established this. We're really bad tourists when it comes to kind of getting off and exploring. We love nothing more than just wandering around and exploring on the side streets. So definitely, if you love shopping, if you love like you know food and um, just relaxing type of thing, then both both Fira and Oya offer that in abundance type of thing. There are cafes built into all the rock face edge type of things, so you can just stroll into them and get like amazing cakes bakla that i had the one time some amazing coffee you know greek coffee and everything it was just wonderful to kind of just sit there is busy very busy and every bar and restaurant when the cruise ships are in are in high demand type of thing so just again have that expectation in but very similar to mykonos actually so all those little kind of white and um, painted small streets that you walk through that kind of have all those really small shops that you can walk into and have explore to kind of buy clothing and to buy um, all that um, shopping and things like that. There's loads of opportunities throughout all of the two different towns that we went to, at least anyway, to kind of do all that type of stuff. The two times we went, we definitely, the first time in Fira, we found a little, actually, we went further off. So you've got kind of the one side of the island that faces where all the cruise ships dock, which is obviously where all the famous photos are of all the cascading hotels oh. and bars and everything. But we walk further off that up to kind of the other side of um, of Fira where the um, bars and restaurants faced more into land. Though we still had really high views looking out to the island, but we were looking more of a kind of like, it felt like farmland. I don't know if it was, but it felt like farmland type of thing. Um, Gorgeous restaurant we found. I can't remember the name of it. I can post it in the description below. But really gorgeous restaurant. The owner was really passionate about food. She knew the hallmark of where all the ingredients come from. She was sharing kind of the tradition of the recipes that she was doing and everything. So it was a really lovely um, dining experience at a gorgeous restaurant with an amazing view, but it wasn't the stereotypical Santorini view overlooking the cliff edge. We were overlooking into the mainland. Um, So that was lovely, but we had to like walk a bit further away from the main kind of, you know, hustle and bustle strip to get to that. Loads of churches, tons of churches and history and culture. There's loads of little vignettes and, I love nothing more than taking those little pictures of like really small details, like the, all the turrets of all the churches, the blue dome churches and all that type of stuff. You've got all those gorgeous buildings to look at. So definitely we saw tons of people hiring cars and hiring um, bikes and the four wheel drive ATV vehicles to kind of go off and explore the rest of the Island. That's very easy to do, whether you do that through kind of um, a cruise excursion or whether you just free do it. There are tons of places. If you walk back to the main road, you can find them all dotted along there where they've got the bikes for you just to pull up. Obviously, you show your driver's license and hire their vehicles and go off for the day. Tons and tons of people were doing that as well. I don't know about beaches. Didn't know if there were any beaches. I wouldn't have thought so because, again, it's all volcanic mountain edges. Um, but definitely, if you want to go off and explore, it's a very easy island, at least anyway, to kind of just either either on foot, go around and explore Fira or Oya. Um, you can also as well, sorry, so one thing, uh, where the boat's tender, 
Um, you can obviously then do a lot of the kind of um, boat excursions as well. So some of the excursions take you out and they'll explore kind of the um, old dormant volcano islands as well. So you can go off and explore kind of the more geological sites as well, rather than purely right. going up and doing the kind of more touristy stuff as well. So I'm just looking here to see. So they've got a winery. Oh, they've got an Atlantis. They see the real Atlantis. So they've got like their own version of Pompeii. Uh, yeah, that you can hike up the volcano, take a boat trip round. So it is. So it's Fira or Oya. Yeah, yeah. So Fira is where all the cruises dock anyway. So Fira is the main one, and that's where kind of every single cruise ship will generally dock, just because the port. I forgot the name of it, but the port for Oya is tiny. It's literally for like small little boats type of thing. So all the cruise ships will go to Fira. Right. I think. I, yeah. I think if I did it, I look at it. Some of these pictures, I'd go to Oya and just avoid the cable car altogether. But I mean, I adore Greece. I mean, we've we've been to Greece so many times, and I love Greece. So I think for me, it was a massive disappointment because I had such high expectations, and maybe that was the problem. I think you've got to, like you say, manage your expectations and get off knowing that it's going to be just a massive hassle, and then anything else is a bonus. Absolutely, and it sounds awful to say that, doesn't it? Kind of like as a travel agent myself, yeah. and you know, as a travel writer, to kind of say to people, <laughs> to, to kind of go like, just to manage your expectations, it's going to be awful, and then it'll be worth it. Like it's awful to say that to people, um, but that's the only way I can, I can explain it. Like if you liked Mykonos and you loved exploring all those side streets and finding all the little like mm. you know boutique shops and everything. Pretty much that's very similar to what Santorini uh, is, basically. It's very much those small side streets with loads of cafes and bars and little gems to uncover type of thing. It's very much feels like you're on your own little choose-your-adventure type of thing. Oh, what's down this alley? And wonder what's down here. It's very much similar to that experience, yeah. which is lovely. And I love that type of culture. And again, finding bars. Both times we went, we went to two totally different parts of the island and found gorgeous, in abundance of cafes and bars and restaurants to sit in and just enjoy the view type of thing once you're up there maybe again though because it's such a hassle to get up there it feels like you've earned that reward to just sit in a cafe and just yeah. sit, i'm taking yeah. this view type of thing and i must make the most out of this because this was awful to do um but it, the payoff in my opinion at least anyway is there but yeah you just have to be prepared for either way either a long wait to the cable car or spread the 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 dangerous steps but my advice always which is why i thought this would be a good podcast episode to do with would be to possibly consider either as you say booking with the cruise line where they'll have the the boat excursion included for you and then get you maybe to the side where all is and then do it that way instead or just go into the shop you can see it literally in next to the cable car there is a boat excursion office speak to them they're a little bit rude but i think it's because they're quite stressed out they're dealing with thousands of people in different languages each day who right. don't listen to the briefing and when they explain it to you, it is quite complicated of like, you get the boat from this terminal, you go from here to here, this journey is this many minutes long. And I'm guessing they get so many people who book it and get lost. So they're just very, very vocal and direct and blunt with you about this is where you must go and this is how you must do it. Um, yeah. But I I would highly suggest, yeah, definitely. And if I ever do it again, that's probably how I would do it again, would be pay the 30 euro, get the boat over and do Oya and go up that way instead, because the experience yeah. is very similar. You know, it's the same type of streets, the same yeah. type of cafes and bars overlooking the cliff edge. That that kind of Santorini dream everybody wants. You get it both in Oya and Fira, but you're bypassing the cable car at right. least one time. You're only having to do the cable car journey once rather than twice. 
Do you know what? If you listened to it and didn't know what we were talking about, you wouldn't think it was one of the most beautiful places on earth, would you? <laughs> that's, the, that's the thing about oh. it. Like, it's difficult to bring the beauty yeah. of it to life in pictures. Like, it's, you know, when you go to those places where it quiet, quiets you, where you're just kind of like yeah. so overwhelmed by how beautiful it is. That's how I felt when I yeah. was eventually at the top and I was overlooking all the views and everything. And, and it is exactly what you expect. When you see those pictures of Santorini, you and go, oh, wow, that looks beautiful. That is what it's actually like. Like with the two times we went, the weather was yeah. beautiful. It was glorious type of thing. Um, and I definitely was in that kind of calming, centered moment where I'm looking and going, wow, this place is somewhere special. You don't get to see this everywhere. So definitely that moment hit me both times I went. I was like, there is something special about this. It is just such a shame. It's such a kerfuffle to get to that that magic moment yeah. of sitting there with your coffee. And I've got some beautiful pictures on my Instagram type of thing where you're sat on the cliff edge with the coffee and the back of the cake. And you've got just gorgeous, gorgeous ocean views, all the different buildings in front of you. It is everything you would imagine Santorini to be on paper. It is it like- exactly as you picture it. Just nobody pictures the donkey climb and having to walk around donkey poo to get there. <laughs> Same with me. Yeah. Oh, I just, I mean, some I've, I read somewhere recently because there was a, obviously it's a constant discussion in a lot of Facebook groups and somebody has said it's their tradition and uh, and by going and disagreeing with it, then we're knocking their tradition. But I still feel that if you're 20 stone, you shouldn't be getting on a donkey. You just shouldn't. Yeah. It's like swimming with dolphins. I feel exactly the same as swimming with dolphins. It's, you know, it's like if someone says in our group, um, okay, I don't know where to swim with the dolphins in the Caribbean, it's tumbleweed. It's like, just don't. <laughs> yeah. Don't swim with them. Get on a boat and go and look at them. I just, I just feel, you know, I've evolved over the years, should I say, that I think that it's like when people go out walking llamas, yeah. I'm going on a tangent now. And someone was saying, don't walk for llama. Go and look at a field with llamas in. The llama doesn't want to have a bleed on. He wants to be in a field running about with the other llamas. Yeah. Um, I might be wrong. They might all be the donkeys. Might be no. looking forward to a day's work, <laughs> going up the hill carrying people. <laughs> you never know, do you? Type of thing, you know. To, and I get it. It is a cultural thing. And donkeys are work animals. They have worked farms. They've worked land for years yeah. and years and years. But in my opinion, it's unnecessary work. Um, and yeah. again, those stairs, as I say, they're really precarious. They're not very nice to walk up. Yeah. And the heat we were in it was like twenty-eight degrees heat. I yeah. I struggled to be in those conditions and I I didn't want to walk down those stairs. So this last thing I would want to be doing would be to kind of do it as a mandate for work. And again, this is probably coming from a privileged perspective of looking at the kind of water buckets they had, which were full of dirty hay and things like that. Again, because they've been drinking from them. You know, your dog bowl, when your dog eats from it and then drinks from the dog water bowl, there's obviously dog food in it type of thing. It was very much that situation, but I just looked at it and got, it's unnecessary. I don't agree with it personally, you know, and... And again, I'm talking about Virgin Voyages and the values of the Virgin Voyages company about kind of, you know, leaving the environment better than they arrived into as much as possible. Mm. I just felt like it didn't fit in with the the kind of mandate of what Virgin Voyages try and say about kind of, you know, protecting the environment, looking after it and the culture. Again, it just felt a bit cruel to see those donkeys walking up and down. But Do there they... were many people by the time. I'm sure Royal Caribbean, I'm sure, I might be wrong. But I'm sure there was something in the news that ever said about avoiding getting the donkeys. I'm sure there was. Yeah, yeah. No, Virgin do. They tell you to avoid the Stasian period. They give you a free ticket for the cable car on purpose so that, A, you're not having to deal with it and wait in line. And obviously, they're a premium cruise line. That's what they kind of pride themselves on is those little exciting delight moments. But equally, 
There are so many announcements in the written guide on the app and everything in the port guide about not doing the stairs because they're dangerous, they're precarious. They just want to make sure that mm. you're not doing it. So they give you every opportunity to not yeah. do it. But then in no way were they promoting it at all. Not once did they promote it. Um, like I say, it was just more the whole, the type of clientele, I should say. The type of clientele who can afford to go somewhere like that, you would like to think would be a little bit more worldly minded and a bit more environmentally yeah. flat minded type of thing. But there were there were people definitely taking the donkeys. I didn't know which cruise line they were from because they were on the second week. There were more cruise lines and I think there was five in total in the second week. And that's another thing as well, I should say. That is nothing that will impact your enjoyment as well as how many cruise lines are in and the size of those cruise lines as well. Because, you know, you yeah. can have large ships like Odyssey. Odyssey is a big ship. She handles, what, 4,000 plus people, something like that. Um, you've got big ships like Princess going in with 4,000 people. But equally, you've got, you know, six-star luxury lines where they're taking anywhere from 200 to 600 people. So you could have four or five ships in as well, and that will impact you. Week one was fine. There was three ships in, and it felt... You had to wait, but it felt manageable. The second week, like I say, we were facing 70-minute waits for those cable cars. Um, and that that is a big chunk of your day, especially when you then factor in the 20, 30-minute tender on top of that ah. as well. That's a lot of time you're spending sat around waiting around um, to start your, your day exploring. You'd think that they'd ever, like, um, in ports like that, you'd think they'd say, right, even Mykonos as well, two ships in. I wonder if that's what's going to happen. I know there's a lot of people that want to travel, but... You know, maybe they should do that. Maybe they should limit it for the locals. I mean, could you? It's mm. like right, our local village because we're like Pendle Witch Country, and in the summer, the and ad, actually at Halloween is really bad. Not really bad, really busy because everybody wants to come and see the the beauty of Pendle Hill and and for the locals, not where we are, but in the village, it's a nightmare getting about because people are parked and it's the same scenario, isn't it? So if you imagine if they just brought a shipload of people into the village. It would be up yeah. cause, but those people just get get round it, don't they? And so that, and the, I think that was the thing that upset me because I always want to spend money in every pool. I don't just want to go have a look round. I want to buy a meal, yeah. spend something, put something. Yeah. Because I don't just want to walk around and, and clutter the streets. I want to put something into the local economy. And I, that we bought an ice lolly and a can of coke just to get Jack's sugar up and get back on the boat. That yeah. was all we bought, and we didn't get to enjoy. I regret that, but. I definitely, if I went back, do things completely differently. And I think, as you say, this is more of a cautionary, I would say, video. It might not be a video. You might be listening. But it's more of a cautionary thing yeah. if you go to to really think about it and really plan it and don't be like me who sometimes can just be very chilled out about stuff and want to turn up and have everything laid on because it ain't going to happen there. You've got to plan it. That's the, I think that's why I was quite passionate about doing this this particular episode because I know you said like, well, I didn't really do it, so there's not much to talk about. But I think that's why it's important that we do share that. That's that firsthand experience of, mm -hmm. you know, I'm a travel agent. I should know all this stuff. And I don't. I don't know every single port in the world. Any travel agent who no. says they do, they're lying to you type of thing. So it is a unique situation with Santorini just down to the nature of it, just the fact of obviously part of the beauty of it is because it is obviously this gorgeous cliff face view and it is yeah. totally 100%. I know we've spent more time talking about the pitfalls of Santorini, but I promise you once you're at the top and you're sat in those those bars, those restaurants, those coffee shops and you're exploring all those side streets, it is 100% worth the hassle once you get away from kind of the main bit where the cable car drops you off. It is beautiful 
but it's just something to be very, very aware of. Pack your patients. Make sure you bring water with you because, yeah, we did. We had water bottles with <laughs> us. We had snacks because I'm really bad now about taking snacks off the ship with me because, again, I, I I don't suffer with diabetes, but I do feel like my, when my blood sugar sugar gets low, I get grumpy and I can't. I get miserable and I just want to go back to the ship. So I've now started taking snacks out with me for that reason of just I don't want it to deter the rest of my enjoyment for the day. That's not to say the second we got up to the top, I wasn't then going like, I want some sugar, take me and get me, give me a soft drink type of thing. I'm really bad for it. I'm very aware of how my mood changes by how hungry I am. Mm. But we definitely, we were packing water. And again, Virgin are really good. They have the water station where they dock you. So again, I was filling my bottle up again with more water while we were waiting in line. So, you know, there's definitely be prepared for it and pack your patience because there's a lot of waiting around if you are diabetic, then for God's sake, take something. Because I just, I mean, obviously with type 1, if you have a hypo, you're going to coma. It's end of. It's, you know, if you're sh- not end of, then you're going to die, but you, you have to be in a hospital. And touch wood, that's never happened and we've never been in that situation. But if we'd have got to the top of there and that was the decision that was based on, and it, and it didn't, your sugar didn't go up, thought just get back yeah. on the ship and get some food. But another thing, actually, a, a positive of all that for us was, if you have got a day like that where you go to port and you're not feeling the love, the ship's dead. Just go and sit by the port and yeah. enjoy. I don't know if that's yeah. not what we cruise for. We cruise to see places, but I do always like to stay on the ship for one day when everybody else is off it so I can sit by the pool with yeah. nobody else there because you know yeah. what I'm like about with bad people around pools. Well, no, totally. You know, we, we did debate it. So week two, we had a very long debate basically about, do we just skip it next time? Because we've done it now. We've got the butt, we've got the badge yeah. to wear type of thing. Do we not, do we stay on the ship type of thing the second we can, as you say, enjoy the ship facilities? And I knew about Oya from before going. And I was like, I just, something in my gut was telling me, just make the effort to get off and do it and get to Oya somehow. So you can also get to Oya by, get in the the local bus so if you do get to the top of fira there is local bus transport you can get or a taxi obviously and you can get a taxi it's about a 30 minute drive from fira to oya so you could totally do that as well so that was plan a was to deal with the cable car situation again you're just waiting in line for a long time but to kind of wait in that line get up there and then maybe go to oya however i did notice week one that you could get the both the water taxi just me being me i assumed it was going to cost us you know 50 60 euro to do that so I had, uh, when I made the decision to not wait in line, I went, if it's 30, 35, I will pay it. And as soon as they said 30, I was like, take my credit card, make it happen. I'm happy to do that type of thing. Um, yeah. But yeah, the, the like unrelated to this, but on the same itinerary then, they also included roads. And on week one of the itinerary, we used roads as our skip port. So we were like, great, we'll, we're here two weeks. We'll do it next week. So we skipped roads and we stayed on the ship. So my mum had been before, I'd been before. And we were like, it's lovely, but we've done it. So let's use that as a day to enjoy the ship and have a quiet day on the ship. <laughs> Week two, they swapped the itinerary around just because the traffic was really busy on day, on Tuesday when the ship normally goes to roads. They swapped it to Thursday instead. But Scarlet Night is on a Wednesday on board that itinerary. So Scarlet Night's the big uh, night where mm-hmm. I know for a fact I'm going to be going to bed at like four or five in the morning. So <laughs> I was so hungover the day we actually ended up into roads on week two that quite literally right. after an hour of walking around roads, <laughs> I was just like, I can't do this. I'm so hungover. It's too hot. It's too many people. It's too busy. And like literally we walked into the old town and we turned around and walked straight back to the ship because my yeah. hangover did not want to be dealing with people in that heat type of thing. So unfortunately on both weeks we skipped roads because it was just... oh. Sometimes you need to make those decisions, though, don't you? 
Oh, you do. That's it. That's what you, you're on holiday, aren't you? It's you, you got to relax and enjoy Maybe. yourself. So, and I'm all for mm. that. Hence, why I'm doing the transatlantic. So I can just sit on my balcony for a week, looking. Yeah. And I can't wait. That's the thing. I think it's not being afraid to have that. I will say one thing as well on mobility as well, because that's obviously a big question of obviously you have to get this cable car up to the top type of thing. How how mobility friendly is Santorini? Obviously, first thing to factor when you do a tender. So obviously you need to be able to go from the mm-hmm. ship to attend the boat. So you need to factor in your mobility. If you are completely wheelchair dependent, being candid, I don't think the Greek Isles is going to be the right itinerary for you because both Mykonos and Santorini are generally tender ports. So Santorini, again, yeah, you're going to have to tender to the port. So that's a, a mobility question, isn't it? Mm. And then, as I've mentioned, that is the cable car. Now, from my memory, and I can check my pictures, but from my memory, you could probably, if you're like... If you are mobile and you can transfer from a chair, you could get into the cable car. But again, it's a lot of small cobbled side streets then once you are actually in fear at the top of the mountain yeah. as well. So again, something to consider. If you've got low mobility, probably again, without sounding harsh, I don't think Greek Isles that include Santorini and Mykonos would be your best choice because a lot of small cobbled side streets. And I don't think low mobile people will have the best time, unfortunately, in kind of Mykonos or Santorini. So- you could, Mykonos, you can do it and stay around the port because around the port is tarmac. There's a lot of area yeah. to walk there. So you could actually do that and just not do the some of the side streets. And if you wanted to experience Mykonos, then you can. Um, yeah. And the same, I suppose, when you've got a baby in a buggy. Um, cobbles and a buggy just don't go together. Yeah. But you've got the port area, you've got a little beach. I mean, that's another podcast. Yeah. But it is. Yeah. those are doable. But, yeah, it's... Um, because obviously you'd have people in a wheelchair that want to go, won't you? But I think you'd have to get taxis, wouldn't you? And yeah, I just can't see. And I may, I may be wrong. I just can't see a way that it would be possible to do it really? in Santorini. I, I just can't. I can't. Like obviously the tender. If you could do a tender, then you may be fine. And then what you could potentially do is go and get the boat over to Oya because that is then a road access. But the taxis can't get to the very bottom, so you need to be able to walk from where the ship docks right. up a road. And it is a road. It's perfectly yes. fine road. But the ta- because the road's so small, I don't think taxis can get down to pick you up from the bottom of Oya. Um, so you have to walk a certain way up the hill to get it. So again, you'd have to have some sort of mobility to be able to do it, in my opinion. Others, I would love to be a. There's an expert who's done it who has no mobility. I would love to hear from you because it'd be great to know what somebody else's experience is. But looking at it from my perspective, I think it'd be a port that somebody with low mobility would really struggle to get some make the most out of, at least anyway. And I think you'd know yourself, wouldn't you? I mean, if if, um, like with us, we we knew because of Jack's health at the time that it just what it wasn't doable that day. And you do know that if you've got health issues or things to consider. Like like I say though, I I definitely one hundred percent. It is out of all the ports we did anyway. So we did Santorini, Mykonos, Rhodes, and Bodrum, and I loved all four of them for different reasons. Santorini by far is the one that's left the biggest impression with me. I definitely think, as I say, it is one hundred percent worth the hype. The food is incredible when you find the right eatery. And again, once I eventually catch up with work, I will write my blog post where I list kind of where we dined and the cafes we went to. They are I had the best baklava I've ever had. And again, to have it on that kind of rooftop edge, enjoying those gorgeous views, looking over kind of Santorini, like I say, that is a memory that will last with me forever. It was an incredible once I finally got up there. Um, so don't be put off that, you know, it's a terrible port. I am not saying it's not, you know, I've been to much worse ports and had a, a worse time in other ports that would be easier to get around. 
It's just something to be aware of. Have a battle plan in place before you get there. Definitely consider a cruise line excursion or booking a private excursion type of thing that factors in getting you to and from the bottom of the island. Um, or like I say, just make the most out of the day. Make sure you've got snacks with you to kind of, if you're waiting in line, pack your patients, take painkillers with you if you stood around for a lot. Just have a plan in place. It's one of the few ports that I've been to, at least anyway, in my cruise experience where you can't, it's a bit harder just to rock up and make the most out of. You have to have a bit of an expectation plan in place, definitely. Yes, I agree. So, guys, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I know it sounds like we've had a bit of a negative one, but it's not. It's just come from a place of <laughs> it's come from a place of love, just to sharing this with you. And this is why we set this podcast up. Of obviously, we love cruise, and it's sharing our firsthand experience of just to help you make the most out of your cruise as well. But the whole reason behind this, definitely, don't sleep on Santorini. It was beautiful, and I'm so glad that it's the point that. And I will say this now as well: we're thinking of doing the same itinerary again in the future because we loved it that much. So it is definitely worth it. But now I know what I'm getting into for both Mykonos and Santorini. I'm just going to be better prepared to make the most out of it and have a lovely time. Mm. Definitely check out that kind of route of getting the taxi, the water taxi instead and do the oil route. That would be my recommendation. It's worth every penny and it makes your journey so much nicer because you're only doing the mounting up one time technically because the route around oil is a bit easier to manage. Um, but hopefully if you've enjoyed this episode anyway we would love it if you could give us a review on um, Apple Podcasts and just let Apple know that you've enjoyed this episode and if you're watching on YouTube definitely give us a like and a subscribe as well because that lets YouTube know you've enjoyed it I know Sarah you've got a ton of port guides on your website what's the best place for the guys to find any of that information so cruising for all or cruisingforkids.com you'd end up in the same place um, and we've got a whole port guide section and we don't have Santorini because as I say we weren't there long enough so we yeah, and we like to write what we know, but we've got a great guide on Mykonos. Yeah, no, and definitely we will do in the future as well. We will also do an episode on Mykonos as well because there's so much to share about Mykonos as well. It's another fantastic Greek Isle destination. So we're going to try not to do a full run of Greek Isles. We're going to try and break this kind of Greek Isles experience up over a couple of episodes, but definitely in the near future, we will also do an episode on Mykonos as well. Um, so Sarah can share more about what she got up to when she was on Odyssey the Seas, and I can share what I got up to when I was on board Resilient Lady as well. Um, but other than that, guys, if you are interested in booking a cruise and you want somebody who does have that first of the experience of sailing the Greek Isles, I would love to help you. You can find me online anywhere under magical-traveler.com or my um, social media tags are magical, T-R-V-L-R. Other than that, guys, I hope you've enjoyed this episode and we'll see you on the next one. Bye. Bye.